On this week's episode of Friend Code, we're talking about some of the Nintendo Mini Direct announcements and the Super Mario 35th Anniversary rumors. Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani. This week, I'm joined by Daniel Budworth. Hey. Michael Huber. Hello. How's it going, the two of you? Holding up all right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, I want to start real quick by acknowledging that uh, I had a recording issue yesterday when we tried to originally record Friend Code. Uh, Bloodworth uh, still joining us again. Uh, ben unfortunately can't join us again. Uh, I just want to say that Ben and I had a really good Xenoblade discussion, and we also had a pretty good discussion about Bravely Default too. And I feel horrible that we couldn't get that recording. Um, Zoom just never finished. She, we finished a recording and it never closed out the file, I guess is the best thing I could figure out. But anyway, we lost the recording. Um, we're doing a backup plan this time. We're recording in Zoom and in XSplit, so local recordings for both. So hopefully this works out this time. But uh, Ben wanted me to acknowledge that we did have this conversation stuff, so we try, we try to do it. But for those who are maybe a little bit disappointed and looking forward to the future, well, once Xenoblade comes out at the end of May, I think we confirmed that Ben and I will do like a deep dive into it and others will join us as well. So you can look forward to that. So there'll still be a comprehensive Xenoblade Chronicles definitive edition discussion. And on a, probably an upcoming frame chat, there will be Bravely Default 2 demo discussion as well. Uh, I'm still going to talk about Bravely Default 2 demo a little, in a little bit later, but just wanted to get that out of the way. So uh, apologies for that if you're looking for Ben and stuff like that. My fault. My bad. Yeah, impossible shoes to fill. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> you all know I haven't played Xenoblade. But <laughs> you're a big Mario fan. We have some Mario stuff to talk about later. But first, Huber... We got some Nintendo Mini Direct stuff to go over. So last week, Nintendo had uh, a Mini Direct. This was right on the heels of an Indie World Showcase that happened. The Indie World Showcase was rumored to happen the week of GDC. Um, and I mean, that- room for the Indie World Showcase, like even saying that's rumored is it's a little silly because it's been happening year after year for so, I don't even know how long. It's been, and it, it's a, been lot a stable. Of, yeah, a lot of us had already had invitations to that. Uh, at GDC physically, you know, like a month ahead of time. So it's, it's like we, it, that was like the most obvious thing to predict as well. So I, I think yeah. the, the, the same other, the half of the rumor where they like the mini direct happening yes. this week, that's a little bit more. Well, people thought it was a, a, a normal direct was happening this week. And, but that was the two part thing. And the mini, uh, sorry, the Indie World Showcase seemed like a sure thing, but the same time, maybe not, because everything that happened that led to GDC's cancellation, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what plans were going to be changed and rearranged, but it did happen, which then gives some people some hope, because it had been a while. There was like a countdown clock, like it was 200 plus days since last year's September Direct. That's when we had the last, you know, big Direct update. Anyway, we had a mini Direct, a bunch of announcements happened. Um, I want to start with the unveiling of the direct with both of you. So I have a patron question here from Anthony Stevens. Let me read this for you. Hi there. I have a question about the Nintendo Direct itself. How do you feel about the way Nintendo stealthily dropped the presentation about without any advanced warning? Um, yeah. How do, how do you how do you like how they handled this? Shadow drop. Yeah, I know it was a shadow drop. Um, I think it's cool. I mean, you know. This situation the world is in right now, things are, we're in uncharted waters, uncharted territory. 
So I think given everything that's going on, uh, you know, whether you shadow drop it or hype it up ahead of time, however you're going to do it logistically, uh, is just all up in the air and, and I'm cool with however anyone wants to do presentations like that, just online and, and dropping them whenever. Uh, for me, I think that the way they did it was actually really uh, thoughtful and showed a lot of foresight because uh, calling it a mini direct, it's not short, it's 30 minutes almost, um, but it, it, it speaks to the kind of stuff that they're announcing, right? And I think that if they had come out and they said their normal thing, we're on Monday, there's going to be a direct this week, uh, everyone's going to be expecting Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah. They're going to be expecting some kind of Mario game. They're going to be expecting maybe an update on Metroid or maybe, you know, whatever else, right? And it's like, that's not the stuff that they had to show this time. And so I think it was really smart of them to just, here it is. And then like, you don't get all that hype build up because as soon as you say that something's coming, people's expectations just skyrocket that like within an hour. So it, yeah. it, it, it avoids that sense of Absolutely letdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you nailed the point there. I think blood. That was absolutely. I think their intention as well, putting that mini in there um, to keep expectations in check. In fact, there were some parts of the direct. Uh, we'll get to later the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, Fighter and uh, sort of a, the teaser, basically, which I think also was kind of in response to handling expectations a little bit better after the Byleth reveal last time. Um, for the final fighter as of the previous pass. So yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I also think you, to your point, Huber, uh, I definitely think that with the situation going on with, uh, with COVID-19, that things are just going to change. Com like companies are going to have to do things a little differently and just, you know, be prepared to, 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 to deal with this and then like work with them on this. So I'm just glad it happened. I'm just really happy we got something in the middle totally. of this, something that was super positive, something to help us look forward to. Even if it wasn't all the big first party announcements we were looking for, it was something. And it was just good vibes to have, is the way you always put it, Huber. Heck yeah, good vibes. It's funny, so I just noticed I can like, shake my camera just by like moving my leg a little bit. I'm, gonna uh, it's, I'm not uh, even yeah. touching the desk, it's like it's just the floor. That's, yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> I think we're in a, yeah, as I forgot to mention at the beginning, yeah, this is the first friend code being done in this new work from home format. So, you know, bear with us. We'll, we'll work on trying to make more improvements and stuff. We're still working through some technical difficulties, but, you know, we just want to get you the usual stuff on the usual schedule as much as possible um, since, you know, we're so fortunate to have, you know, our work be online focused, so online heavy that we can continue to do this even when doing this remotely. Um, but yeah, the Nintendo Directs, when we have a Direct Indie World Showcase, I tend on Friend Code to like to do like a full rundown, especially with the Indie World Showcase because it gets, gives each game uh, a bit of a spotlight on it. But I think uh, just like what we did with the original recording where we just focused on Xenoblade this time, I just wanna focus on a few of the announcements here. Uh, just the uh, ones I picked out, kind of catered to the panel we have right now. Uh, and the first one I want to start with, this is kind of geared towards you, Huber. So in the Mini Direct, they showed a new trailer for the final DLC expansion, final DLC content of the expansion pass for Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the Black Order DLC. It's called Shadow of Doom. Introduces the Fantastic Four characters as uh, playable characters. Um, there's actually a total of six uh, characters. So it's the Fantastic Four uh, it's Dr. Doom, and it is Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. 
is the sixth and final that's playable right. character. Uh, and all, all the costumes and skins are being made available right away, too. Very cool. So my question to you, Huber, is it came out March 26th, um, mm-hmm. right after this. And Huber, you, you were the one who played this game. Uh, so some of the I other allies played it, too. barely played it. Yeah, it's like, do you have any interest in this or no. not? Like, in you know, do you have any thoughts about why that might be? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This game, really, I just didn't click with Ultimate Alliance 3. I love X-Men Legends and I love the previous Ultimate Alliance games, but there was just something about this one that didn't grab me. It, it, it just felt more focused on like leveling up and assembling your team rather than telling like a really cool story. Like the story was fine, but I just didn't feel any emotion and the main focus of the game definitely was about just like leveling up which is cool but i think nowadays because everything is like online the original x-men legends games and and ultimate alliances i played locally local co-op yeah so i think maybe just the transition to like playing online you know i didn't have anyone locally to play with yeah um it definitely hurt the vibes of that but i know jones and bossman love that game <laughs> so i'm kind of the i'm the outlier on that one yeah, I, I I know they had a good time playing it, and I'm I, I'm very curious to know. I think we got some of their thoughts on a previous episode about the first DLC uh, pack, but I I did hear some like the criticisms I heard about the the very first one, like the one with Moon Knight and Blade, uh, like kind of like the horror group, um, one that predated uh, came before X Men uh, one. The the thing was you, they weren't all available right away. You had to do like those challenge oh. tower things to unlock each character. On, you know, like it hit a certain floor they would unlock and I just remember people just not being happy uh, with that format I don't know if Shadow of Doom is going to do it that way but it seems like maybe they misread what people liked about Ultimate Alliance Ultimate Alliance 2 when making 3 and everything you kind of said Hubert kind of reinforces that notion to someone like well, me well the good news is Damiani is that I did hear that this expansion is more of a story-based like epilogue type mm, situation huh. so maybe the, you know because of certain criticisms for the original maybe they took a look and they're like all right let's hope let's focus on the story more on this one but I heard it actually is pretty satisfying uh, in that sense. Gotcha. Yeah, the trailer gave those vibes. It definitely seemed way more story heavy. It was like Doom coming, like trying to do, you know, his stuff, you know, the whole, like the classic Richards, you know, like it was like good. So like Doom, you know, Doom never loses. I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. I Maybe for the send off, they got it right. And it's, a, but it's kind of bittersweet in that it took them till the last DLC piece of content in the expansion pass to finally nail it but maybe they take the lessons learned from this and look at because it's sold dirty well um when yeah, it came out last a year solid game. yeah and they supported it pretty decently through like this like through march and i wouldn't be surprised if we see them maybe try a fourth one and maybe take some of the feedback and mm-hmm. you know make a make an improved marvel ultimate alliance 4 so yeah i, I think there's a future for it i don't think any of the negative impressions of some people might have had, you know, will influence whether or not there's a future for this series. Just don't take 10 years again, though. (laughs) Overall, the game just felt very small to me. Hmm. It felt very confined and and small and just everything about it. Okay. 
I didn't have that big grandiose like we're Marvel, you know. Do you mean like Ultimate its presence, like 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 touting it, like the game, like maybe marketing or something? Yeah, maybe you know it's obviously in the shadow of the MCU right now. Then, like, let me ask you this then, because it came out right at the like tail end of like MCU, you know, with yeah, like maybe end it was game. just fatigue. So was I mean, fatigue could explain maybe then and like now we're just like looking to the future. But do you also think maybe? The, the unfairly or not it just being a switch exclusive i mean switch is a popular console it should be able to sell well do you think there's any history potentially with the series you know that it, i mean i think the obvious answer is yes if it was multi-platform maybe it would have done like better and drawn more attention but i, I mean i don't think anything about it being a switch exclusive hurt it or anything there was like no backlash not like the bayonetta situation back on wii u like it seemed perfectly normal and like a good mm -hmm. a good get for for the totally. switch and nintendo so good fit good get yeah i'd have to go yeah i think you're right hubert maybe it is just the the fatigue and stuff like especially mm -hmm. with like look at the the square nix's avengers the uh yeah. that thing is just you know people just like oh dear like that this. thing yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that's it's been like it's been lukewarm reception to that, so maybe totally. that's what it is, Huber. But you know, we'll see. Hopefully, there's a future. I think there's a future. But on to uh, another one of the announcements in there. Um, this one, a little bit more for Bloodworth and a little bit for me since I've been playing a little bit of this game. Uh, they gave a small update for Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, they talked about their April updates. Uh, they're going to be doing a Bunny Day event featuring mm -hmm. Zipper Bunny find hidden eggs around the island that they've hidden, and then you can craft limited event island, uh, islands, items, items yeah. based on that. Uh, it's running right now, April 1st through the 12th. Uh, they also Dude, talk I about- I love a Easter egg hunts. Yeah, yeah. they're and everywhere. They, they have a free update coming later this uh, in April as well, which is gonna include new features that haven't been activated yet, as well as an Earth Day event. So I kind of want to, uh, I mean, I think the answer is obvious here, but Blood, I got to ask, you know, are you kind of like happy that they're going to uh, doing these seasonal events? Do you like these seasonal events? Do they, do, are they compelling enough that they bring you back to the game besides like the main draw? Um, and do you think it's a kind of a smart thing to do to, to keep doing these things where like if you miss out, you missed, you potentially might not like get to participate in something like this, a limited time event? Sure. Oh, well, I think first of all, um it should be clear, like, especially if people that are new to Animal Crossing or whatever, like, this has been Animal Crossing from the start. Yeah. They've always had these types of seasonal events. Uh, the biggest differences now is that in order to, I think, partly keep people from just, like, time traveling and, like, gaming the system, they've made these events online updates rather than stuff that is in the game and you just change your clock and you can see it um and That's so so they basically have, have yeah they've used the, the dlc to kind of limit people from spoiling the fun for other people i i like this i, I mean i'm very happy they did this it uh, i mean you can time travel for other stuff if you really want to like you bought the game but like seasonal event updates like this i'm glad they sw they now are embracing the online part of this and just making them downloadable updates yeah and then the other thing that's different about how they work now is that it used to be um, for like the costumes and the furniture items and stuff, you would find the NPC, like the zipper bunny, right? You would find them, you would talk to them and you would get like one item per day and you'd have to just like keep checking in every day of the event and hope that like you could make a full set, you know, that okay. you didn't get duplicates or anything like that. 
And now what they're doing with the Easter eggs and the crafting system is you find these Easter eggs all over the place and those are act, act as crafting materials. Gotcha. And, and you Seems also find now. recipes for the furniture. Uh, and so I've already crafted like five or six different Oh, so you've Easter already been doing this, this today yeah, or yeah. something. Oh, yeah, okay, they, they awesome. unlocked this yeah. morning. Nice. So, um, so yeah, so it works, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways it works a lot better so that you can do it a little bit more at your pace and you don't have to feel like you have to check in every day for two weeks while this event's going on in order to, you know, kind of complete that collection if that's something you're wanting to do. Because there is an extra reward if you get everything in the set and then you talk to Zipper Bunny one more time. Is this something, I'm kind of curious, you might not know the answer, Blood, but I am curious to find it out at some point. Even though this is like, it's live now. Um, let's say like I don't participate in this event and the 12th rolls around and it's over. Mm -hmm. If I go visit other people and like I pick up their item, you know, like the thing yeah. we just have to see an item. So I can still get this stuff technically. If people have extras, like extra materials that were only found in the event, I can still do that, like craft this stuff later, right? Uh, Potentially, or do or the recipes kind of like locked out if you have to. Get I don't know. A hundred percent. I think you can probably share recipes, but I don't know a hundred percent because sometimes you will. I did, I did get like an extra recipe card for one of them, and so I think you could probably put that down and somebody could pick but it up. But even if someone has it, they can just make me one and give me one. Right. One of the that's, items. That's okay, yeah, yeah. So like that's you. the difference, I think, from some other things. But I've the materials will run out at a certain point. Yeah, there's like, it's fine. Right I mean, now yeah. the game is loaded with them. Like there's balloons floating by like every other minute. So Because like, that's the uh, thing with Animal Crossing is that like if you wait enough time, like you don't have to deal with the issue of scarcity. I mean, visiting mm -hmm. other people is how you get around that in the immediate, in the interim. But this type of limited event it, like there is a finite amount of resources i kind of i do like that that there will only be so many of these things floating around which is kind of cool yeah that's pretty nice um the earth day event um is the one coming up they didn't really i didn't see anything other yeah there's like a sloth character i think it, they might have had it for new leaf or maybe even before that i haven't i don't think i've really experienced that one before that's one thing that's interesting about Animal Crossing release dates is it you know it shifts your perception of what you get to see based on the time of the year the game comes out. So I think the last game came out in like September or something. Yeah. Um, and so this time around, it's like it came out mid March, end of March, and so we got to see a little bit of the tail end of winter in a way, not not with snow, but just like kind of just like a default, like everything just being normal and green. And now that April first has hit all of the hardwood trees have grown, like turned pink and there's cherry blossoms floating in the wind. And there's new, uh, new bugs and fish and stuff that are populating uh, now on the first. Sorry for fact check, were you talking about a, a Mewa festival or New Leaf? For, like when you said like, do you think the last game came out in September or whatever? Uh, new Leaf. Oh, okay, just double checking, yeah. New, it says the New Leaf uh, came out in uh, June here. Oh, June, okay. but november in japan so i don't know if you're going off that but it was a summer release but yeah but your point yeah yeah like it's i get what you meant um oh there was something guess, um, sorry what's up Hebrew? just to jump in here you know this is in animal crossing in uh, the year 2020 with social media and the internet has that enhanced or hindered your enjoyment with Animal Crossing, uh, you know, because in the originals, you would just kind of, you'd have all the time in the world, you know, no noise on the outside, no people saying, look what I got, look what I got. Oh, so you, you just kind of, 
There's a lot of that with DS and 3DS, actually. I'm just thinking of the like because I have really only played the game. So for Huber, for so my experience with this, I, I'm playing it at a very slow pace. Um, nice. Like for to let full transparency, the first three houses you have to build for your first three new guests. I haven't finished that yet. That's how far back nice. I am. Nice. Uh, but I mean, I just like like walking around. But anyway, the I see on social media, I see on Twitter, tons of people tweeting out stuff. Like early on, it was like blather stuff. Now it's like turnip prices and all like now the I did think I saw some of the Easter stuff. To me, that seems so fun. Yeah. yeah. The, the turnip prices, I, I never gotten the turnip thing until the 3DS game. And it was because I was in a, a Facebook group of people um, and uh, it was a lot of, you know, pre-R people and their families and all of this stuff. I think I ended up getting in there because I was reviewing the game. And so it was like, that was the only place I could play with people at first, um, but kept kept playing with them for months. And yeah, like with the turnips, the, you know, like on your own, you'd have to go back to the shop and check every morning and every night to see what the prices are. And sometimes you just wouldn't, you know, get good prices. But now with other people, other friends and stuff, you know, you know, like Ian and Brandon and I are all sharing prices. And then there was some guy in chat last night who was like, Hey, they're, they're, they're buying them for like 550 in my town. And like Ian and I were like, all right, we're coming over. You know, (laughs) he just set up a dodo code. We didn't have to be friends, you know? And so, uh, and we went over there and we, we made profit. I love that. It's, it's, it kind of feels good because someone like me who's going at a slow pace, I, I see what lies ahead and potentially look forward to. But if you were alluding to maybe like FOMO, Huber, like there's... Yeah, so like... It's there's some, I can see how some people fear that. Like it's at the back of my I've mind, but people. like it doesn't bug me as much because I'm not as invested in the Animal Crossing series as some other people. But I can definitely see people who are like seeing these other people do stuff. They're like, oh no, I, I got to go back in there and like do, try and do this right now or see this or whatever. Like... It, I think it's definitely a layer that's more apparent than ever. I mean, it's been I there had before, a little but... bit of it last night because Ooh, it was it. the 31st, and okay. Kristen kept talking about this stringfish. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Because I had, what is the deal? I, usually, I usually get the guide, and this time I haven't gotten the guide yet, and you still need to order it. Um, but the guide, <laughs> uh, yeah, because it like it tells you like when everything's available and it makes it a little easier, and you can, like check things off. Um, less needed now, they've done a lot of that in game. Uh, but I think there's still certain things that it can help with. Uh, but anyways, uh, last night was the last time that you could catch a stringfish until mm. December. And Unless so, clock, yeah. but it's really, it's a really rare appearance. So mm. it was like just trying to like farm for clams, make fish bait, and then like go up to this one spot that it spawns in and like throw fish bait out and hope for stringfish. And I did that for a while last night. Like, it didn't happen. It's like, all right, well, I'll get it later. <laughs> fishing RNG. Every game I've ever played with fishing, like getting, like, rare fish, that, that is it. That is the experience. I did get a different rare fish. Sitting around yeah. and, like, missing your windows and stuff. Oh, I'm very familiar with that. But that's that's a good story. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that that's that's always going to be there, I think, in, uh, in, in this game. And I think that's, like, what it needs, I think, to keep people coming back. Like, this one-two combo of, like, downloadable updates that are part of the seasonal events plus people tweeting out when they happen like these are things you can get and stuff so it kind of like you know reinforces you know the notion that people need to go in and and get in and get in on that before it's too late so good up i mean it's a small update it's nice you know i I expect like almost monthly kind of small updates about what's coming in the following month if there's like any kind of planned event or something like that going forward 
for sure. But next up, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate got a tease for Fighter Pass Volume 2. I was really shocked it was in here because going through this, I, I got the vibe after Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, I thought this was going to be a big direct. I was like, that mini is misleading. No, this is, <laughs> this is the one. And then a few announcements, and I'm like, this is, this is not the one. This is a mini direct. But then when they dropped Smash Bros., I was like, oh, okay. Maybe they're saving everything for the back half here. Here comes the big stuff. And it was just a tease, but I like what they did here. So they, uh, they announced that the next fighter, the first fighter in volume, Fighter Pass Volume 2 will be from the ARMS. From ARMS. There's only one game. It's not ARMS series. From the game ARMS. Uh, that fighter will be officially revealed in June and released in June. Um, so I, the reason I think this is a good move is because I think it's in reaction to what happened with Byleth Mm -hmm. and that Byleth was revealed last after a string of four in a row, big third party reveals, uh, third party characters being added. And then the first party happened last. And so expectations were through the roof for a fifth and final third party character. And after that happened, I think people just started to like assume, Oh, like they were like, Oh, it's going to be Dante or something like It'll just be the first one this next one. Don't worry. Like, they just need a little bit more time. And I think Nintendo's like, after what happened with Byleth, and people now assuming, oh, they only did Byleth because they needed more time for another third-party character. They're like, eh, actually, no. Let's get ahead of this. Let's say this now. We won't say who it is, but here's where it's from. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great thing to do. The only backfire I can see is that now everyone's like, I can see some fans expecting they're always going to tease now, but when they don't tease, like, if it's something obvious or from a first party, that's not a big deal. They're going to tease it. So we don't get our expectations out of check. Um, our, our expectations will get out of control, but if they don't say anything, that means it's a big one. That's the one that's going to be Dante. <laughs> and you see how this is going to go now. Right. So, sure. I mean, Nintendo can only do so much, but I mean, in, in the interim, I like what they did here with this. Uh, however, I do want to ask, they said it's from ARMS. Do you have, who do you think it is? And do you have something, somebody you, like, who do you think it actually is going to be? And who would you want it to be if those are two different answers? I forget all of the names, but I think just the main dude on the cover. Yeah. I, mean, I think I, it could even I be a combo. Like it could be... Like the, the you know, colors Spring are different. Man and Ribbon Girl, like for the yeah. different color swaps. Totally, that's I a very just, likely one. Yeah, I they just don't expect them to go. Like the other characters are all just like sort of like themed, you know, like super specific the things. Dude, yeah. yeah, I mean, I saw calls for one specific character. I, I heard people the, talking about Min Min. I mean, Min Min's up there, but I think there's one that sits above all of them. That's a fan favorite. That. I think people really are want. Oh yeah, yeah. What, what do you Twin think? Tell. Oh okay. I'm pretty sure there will be a lot of broken hearts if Twin Tell is not <laughs> the character. But I mean, either way, it's great that they're getting arms representation there. This has been Super something cool. when the first fighter Perfect. pass was announced. I think people were just assuming there was going to be an arms fighter. It just made so much sense, and it didn't happen. Yeah. And sure. it was assist stuff, and like, okay, but now this could be the. But first I feel case like in a way, becoming... like the moment is past. Like I don't know. It is a little late. I guess there's like a hardcore audience there for sure, but I feel like most people are sort of over arms and like. Unless. Okay, there's this thing. Yep. Unless they got some future plans for it or something. But but, but to that regard, though, it's time in 2021. And and Huber, 
um, regardless of a sequel, Huber, the one thing they did add, they did after this announcement, they did talk about ARMS, actually. They give an update for the game. Uh, it's not new content, but actually for on, Nintendo Online subscribers, the game is completely free from uh, March 26th until April 6th. So you can just nice. go download and play the game for free right now right. if you pay an online subscription. And uh, I think that's a smart move because they, they got, hey, remember ARMS and stuff? Yeah. Oh, want to go dive back into this game? I think the, the fact that they're doing this speaks to, I think there's a future for the series. Mm-hmm. I, I think... I even think ARMS 2 will be more ambitious than the first one. I, I think ARMS 1 is going to be looked back as like, this was the springboard. This was like they were testing yeah, things. And ARMS sure. 2 is going to be like D1. That's that's the standard for the series. At least I'm so open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I always enjoy when fighting games cross over into other fighting games mm. too. So just a really good match all around. So excited Dude, I hope whoever it is, their final smash is you have, if you're playing in like uh, with the two, uh, um, not we remotes, holy crap, uh, the two joy, joy cons, you can do like the, the motion controls for the final <laughs> smash or something like that. It just like waggle really fast. That'd be uh, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. The, the, in terms of the strategy of what they're doing though, I, I feel like I have to reserve my judgment until I see the whole picture, the whole mm-hmm. six character lineup. Uh, because I think that sort of the issue they ended up with Byleth is it, it felt kind of like a, a dud at the end. It, it felt like the last one wasn't as exciting as some of the others. So I'm hoping that this time around, you know, because they said that they've got them all picked, right? I'm hoping that this time yeah. around they they are going for the one that's going to have the least expectations first and they're going to try to build and like really and like this is the last last one it's got to be super good yeah I, that's my hope too budworth i mean I, i'll wait um with you once i see the full picture of how they did this release schedule uh, i'll be able to speak more better about how i thought their their planning went but i mean yeah my hope is that they build up to the like the biggest one and they could there's a whole bunch of ways they could do that i mean they can if they have three first party three third party alternate which would now end on the third party which could be the most exciting or they only have like two first party maybe get those out of the way first so like the last four aren't by maybe they don't know which one's going to be the most exciting but at least if the last four are the third party ones you got mm-hmm. the more the ones that people are more expecting went down essentially um I'm just going to say, I still expect uh, something from Pokemon, like Sword and Shield or something to end up in there. It's yeah. like a first party, uh, another first party thing. I think it's going to be three and three, honestly. But, you know, who knows? You know, maybe they'll do two and four. Do like a Galar trainer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Especially the, that, that's got the expansion pass, which was also mentioned in this direct coming out in June and stuff. We're not really going to talk too much about it. I'd rather wait till we actually get to play it before we want to talk about it. It's just like they gave some details and stuff. But yeah, that, that's coming up too. So, you know. Um, nook playable. <laughs> so do you think Animal Crossing could uh, reveal itself back into Smash? I know they've already got some Animal Crossing in there, but seems like a is pretty good like time a- to capitalize on that. Uh, cross hype there i think isabel was like the biggest thing they did <laughs> i don't know if they can get bigger than that so they already have villager and isabel and it's like mm, that's kind of like i mean they have the nice stages and stuff that like are really cool themes that you know really i think have a lot of easter eggs in there and nods to the, the main games but yeah I, I that's one i don't see taking up one of the slots honestly i think it's poke like pokemon 
or potentially like Zelda, um, like Breath of, like Breath of Wild Two stuff, or mm-hmm. like you know something from the like that we haven't seen yet would be kind of a, a, a big deal for a first party, especially they built uh, that was the last first party reveal was like a new Zelda character that was exciting or something, or just a new exciting first party character would be much better. Um, the last thing I want to talk about before we get uh, to just quickly talk about uh, Xenoblade Chronicles is uh, Bravely Default 2. Uh, there, were, there was new info, no info in the mini direct. There was a new trailer. But on top of all that, they released a demo. Uh, they put out a demo, and it has had some polarizing opinions about it. Uh, they do, we do have a patron question from Kerbu, uh, who wants to know our thoughts. Um, originally, as I said, Ben and I tried to talk about this. I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of like why I think this is happening. So they, they basically ask, uh, they basically say, has anybody been able to check out the Bradley Default 2 demo? It's infuriatingly difficult. Grinding is necessary to survive a number of encounters, and the nebulous turn order typically results in enemies defaulting and braving. That's a new mechanic in the, uh, for attacking and defending and stuff before you even have a chance to act. So they basically get to do stuff before you can even do anything. The first game is renowned for how accessible it is, whereas this demo is frightening. What were they trying to do with it, you reckon? So I played through the demo. So I can say, uh, essentially the demo gives you a warning, Huber, so, and blood. On the title screen, when you download and start playing, when you begin, it gives you a warning saying, this has been tuned to be much harder than it intends to be. So Bloodworth originally had a good theory. Um, maybe that like the demo type, I think it was you, blood, that the mm-hmm. demo, putting demo in front of it or on attacking it on, insinuates this is meant to be like an easygoing experience like a nice slice of life of this game a sampling you don't want to scare people away with like a huge difficulty curve that's not the case here you start off in a town a desert town uh you get your main quest you can maybe go get some side how's quests. the town how's the town how's i like the what they're doing with the visuals my so here's my only complaint about presentation you, you can zoom in and out but just to like two different settings there's no like gradual zoom in or out when you're zoomed out, I can't see. It's uh, it's meant to figure out where things are. That's great, but even in the most zoomed in, it's hard to see some stuff. It's really hmm. tiny. Hmm. So I wish there was a like a third option to zoom in just a little bit more. Like the combat, uh, how they present combat is perfect. Like it's the perfect um, camera angle and like you know zoom in for effect uh, zoom in for that. Um, in regards, so yes, I think early on the game is trying to teach you that. This job system is very important. Bravely and the brave and default mechanic. So, brave is a currency. You have BP, Huber. The more BP uh, you can, you start at zero. Uh, you can accrue up to three, or you can go into debt. Uh, brave lets you debt. execute let lets you execute up to four actions in one turn. So sounds kind of similar to the first one. Yeah. Right? So if you start at zero and you spam yeah. it to max it out, you can do four attacks. But now you're three in debt. Like you've gone to minus three. In each turn, you can accrue another. You can accrue it, but you can't act again until you're out of debt. Uh, but if you if you default three times, you build up a, a, a you build up a stockpile. You can unleash everything, and you don't have to worry about being on cooldown. Basically, that's like the core of that system. So I think the reason they want you to grind in the beginning is to a get a little bit like learn how to do the battle system. Uh, you 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 gotta understand how it works, but also the job system. Like you have a job and sub job, and the late uh, the abilities you unlock by leveling them up 
you, you you have a currency you can spend that like if you get like white mage you get like or black mage has like reduced mp currency as one of them so if you unlock that you can like apply it and stuff like that or sorry white mage has that um others have different like crit attacks like crits more more likely happen stuff like that huber so i love this you level up to a certain like they only each job's capped at seven once you hit like a certain level you unlock a new ability and then you can mix and match those abilities while also being a job and another sub job so you can get but honestly you can get really op you can get really op in this game yeah but the only way to really dive into these systems is to have the difficulty tuned higher so that's clearly yeah. what they were yes. going for, so right? He, so here's you the thing: dive you know, into this. The overall map, like, you, there's not a lot. Like, the first area has a lot of enemies, but the town's right there. So, like, you can always just go back to the town. Like, they're very generous with the economy in the demo. Like, I never had a problem. I was able to buy all the gear I needed to buy. If I need to go rest in the inn, I was able to rest in the inn. It's just like go do one battle. You have enough to go rest and come back. Like, you're always gonna gain in this. I think the problem was Huber. the the main The main objective you have is. Talk to someone in town, get your quest, go on the overall map, find a ruin, a dungeon. It's these desert ruins. Traverse the ruins and fight a boss. If you go to the ruins too early, you will get obliterated, destroyed, Huber. And I think I people this. are doing Dragon that. Eight style. Or they're wandering too far on the map into harder areas and fighting like much more powerful enemies that will destroy you. Hmm. I tried going to the dungeon first, and I did get like just obliterated. So I backed yeah. up. I backed out. I, I leveled up. Raise I a few levels, baby. And once I had some gear, so had some fun. of these attributes, like I, I spent three and a half hours of this demo, Huber. This is awesome. And when I went in there, I felt good. I knew what I was doing. I, 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 I felt like I was like, this is good for me. This is good. And for people who think like you can get too OP and abuse the system, uh, they have two hidden bosses in here, Huber. That's really fun. And one of them is a quote unquote super boss. Like it's, it's ridiculously like, like hard, but like getting getting OP in a JRPG though, Damiani is earned. Yeah, you're not entering a cheat code. You know, if you're OP in a JRPG, like you made that happen. And it's not just strict power living, dude. I'm talking about like people figured out like combinations of stuff to use mm-hmm. on certain enemies that like make you really good. Like you'll just like someone actually did a no damage run of the super boss because they found an ability that steals their BP so they can never Gosh. go. So they just keep doing that while, while they're buffing themselves and then they poison it. They poison it good. and then they put a, vi- a fire vulnerability up on it and they obliterate it with the strongest fire spells and then like they do it once and then while they're chipping away, making sure it can't go, it's being poisoned and stuff. Sorry if I spoiled the strat for this, but like, I didn't tell you where this hidden boss is, so you still gotta find it. Didn't spoil that, sorry. Memorize everything you just said. Yeah, uh, but like, I love this. Like, I actually had a good time. Like, I was feeling this a little great. bit miserable at first, but as soon as I forced myself to like readjust my expectations and play within what I think the demo is trying to do, I had such a, I had a much better time with it. That's so awesome. I, I found myself addicted to the demo. So I just wanted to say that um, I'll have a much deeper conversation about like the intricacies of certain other things and systems stuff with Ben at some point. But I, 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 th- I will admit it's hard. It is hard. It's meant to be uh, a punch in the face. Like it's a hard punch in the face at first. You get oh. punched in the face, but you get just like get back up. And uh, I wonder if yeah. the curve will be better in the main game because I really want to shout out to Dragon Quest Eleven the way they handled that with the Draconian modifiers. When I went through Dragon Quest Eleven, I put They added on... those in, though, didn't they? No, that was in the original game. Yeah, okay, I thought original. you only picked one or the no. other. 
No. So you could you could choose how many you wanted to activate okay. out of those. So I just put on tougher gotcha. monsters. Gotcha. And it's like the best decision I ever made in my life because every time I hear about Dragon Quest Eleven without it, it's like, oh, you just steamroll through their game. It's no problem. You don't even have to engage with the combat system. And because I turned on those tougher monsters, mm -hmm. it forced me, forced me to think about nice. every single move and turn order and leveling people up and when to buy weapons and, and armor. Like it just makes the entire game more meaningful and like you have to engage with it. But on the other hand, like I get that it is more of a grind. So if you're not really into that and you just want to go through easy breezy on the story, that's cool too. So I'm wondering if maybe they could do like a middle ground, like maybe a hard mode or or some kind of modifier. They, because they, I just love the way they did it with Dragon Quest. They might, Huber. I, everything you said, like I completely agree. I think that the difficulty is finding the sweet spot for every person because there is that, I think there's that sweet spot where it's like enough give and push that like you feel you're getting a, like a satisfying experience and you feel like things are rewarding enough. Um, it's just like whether you can ramp it up enough to, uh, you know, appease like smaller percentage of players who want something challenging. But Huber, this is just a demo. They said they tuned it harder because they wanted to see what they could get, like how, how far they could push the limits of some things in the system. But I think they're also going to be planning to do a survey at some point. So they're definitely looking for feedback to tune this. I would say like, don't, this is not indicative of how the final thing is going to be. And I expect them to take the lessons learned and apply them, especially after the first game had was like, champion for being accessible I, I only see this as a positive so just wanted to say that about the the Braille default 2 demo and to look forward to more discussion uh more most likely on frame chap in the near future um and finally xenoblade chronicles definitive edition mm -hmm. i know without ben here to like sing the praises of this like i've sung my praises of this back at game trailers i i already fought this fight with uh reviewing this game originally and like telling everyone they need to pay attention to it uh, been through his playthrough of it and falling in love with it as well. Now, like a huge champion of this game. Uh, I'm just really happy that Nintendo spent, led off with this. It felt like their marquee announcement of the, uh, the mini direct. This is the, another great up, the best opportunity in my opinion to play this game. If you missed out, uh, coming with future connected, uh, standalone extra story. That's like the, another adventure with Shulk that potentially is going to, connect things to a larger shared universe, potentially Xenoblade Chronicles 2, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, just everything I saw in the trailer, the visuals look good, love the new character models, their, obviously their faces. I love how they clean up the interface, the menus, showing off some slightly new things like glamoring, being able to wear different gear, like putting nicer gear on like an uglier thing, even though it's a better piece, like that type of stuff yeah. I love. Um, new indicators on the battle system to help uh, clarify when certain uh, buffs or debuffs are active and stuff like that. It's just, I, I mean, it really is, in my view, like start shaping up to be a definitive edition. I'm very happy. And I know Huber, Huber, you've not played this, but like it is our mission at some point to get you to, to try this game out. Man, <laughs> for sure. Listen, three houses, yep. Yeah. And Bloodworth, man, you love this game oh, too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, like you said, that makes, it's a bummer we lost that conversation because it was so good, but yeah, I know, the uh, three, I'm talking so about this. Yeah. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry but, yeah. but as you know, you're saying like one of the things I realized yesterday is like, man, there has not, there has not been a good opportunity for people to play this game because the first game came out late on the Wii's life cycle, particularly because of how long it took people to convince Nintendo to localize it. 
when they finally did localize it, it was very limited release. You had to either buy it directly from Nintendo or from GameStop, like online. Um, and yeah. then it came out again on 3DS, but it was only on new 3DS. Did yeah. it ever get like a digital Wii yeah, so U release? It got a, it got a Wii U release in 2017. But that's the Wii U. 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, sorry, 2016. It was before Switch came out, 2016. Sure. Came out in 2016. But that's uh, but, Wii U. Yeah, I know. Nobody yeah. had that. I, so. I, I, I know, but like, it's it's almost, uh, I, want, I just want to point out the the the, the dissent in that. Like, I, I still think it's like, this is necessary, needs to happen. But it's also the same thing like Link's Awakening. Like, it's hard to find stuff. I'm like, if you have a 3DS, it's available for like, what, five bucks on your 3DS? Like, that's mm-hmm. not that's not hard technically hard to get it's just going to cost you a little bit of right you know, but xenoblade I mean, you had to have a new 3ds so it's like if you don't have the system i get it i completely understand that but like they almost make it sound like it's like not available at all which is like mm, mm-hmm. not quite but anyway yes blood you're absolutely right about this this um bringing it out again because like it, it was such a limited release uh originally and i think just a lot of people missed it like people, I think people were like, "Oh yeah, that's a good game." I saw some people playing it, but it looks this is a massive RPG. What people saying, hundred plus hours? Mm, I'm busy playing something else. You know that like that that always happens a lot, especially the game that's newer. Um, and I don't know if everyone necessarily realized the association, the history of this game, uh, the the you know Monolith Soft, their history, that their ties to Xeno Saga and Xeno Gears back in the day. Um, you know, this game is not like, it's weird how they treat this because they're like, they're increasingly more nods <laughs> to <laughs> those older games, but whether or not, yeah, it's weird how they're handling and stuff, but like there, there's a pedigree here and Monolith Soft, uh, has even gone beyond like Xenoblade Chronicles and, uh, in X as well. And two, like the legwork, the, the, the amount of like work they put into like Breath of the Wild, putting into its sequel, they they have proven themselves very capable. So, for on, I me mean, on a personal level, this is like I just wish people would like. This is I think the game that for at least in the, in the eyes of Nintendo, uh, put them on the map for for Nintendo fans. And I just want a way for people to play it and hopefully appreciate. It. If, if you play, it, you don't like it, that's fine. It is not for everybody. There are yeah. things well, about I mean, this game one of the that things, are not perfect. Yeah. One of the things we were talking about too, though, is that it's it's a little bit of an oddball, you know, and that it falls into a little bit of that RPG trap in that you really have this moment of like trying to tell people like, well, you have, you, you might have to get past the first 10 hours or so. Exactly. Because there's so much density to the opening of the game so that you, you can get lost doing a lot of stuff like learning um, the whole like relationship system and doing side quests for people and like really like getting to know that town and that opening area and maybe even getting burnt out a little bit on that space before you even get out into the wider open world and you get to see the scope of this game. Um, and, you know, some of that can vary just depending on your play style and, and, and how deep you go, uh, but it, it is there. Uh, but one of the, the strengths of the game is that you know, so many times going through that journey, I would feel like, okay, I get what's going on with the story. Okay, I get what's going on with the combat, but then something would happen in the story that would totally shift my expectations, or I would come across a new character and making them as the party leader and learning how their skills work 
you know, this introduces a whole different set of strategies to like, okay, like now I'm like totally engaged all over again. And so that kind of thing happens repeatedly um, throughout the game. And so you just think like, oh, now it's really getting good. And then you kind of get into another area like, okay, I'm used to this. And then, oh, now it's really getting good again. <laughs> just, yeah. Like, and just like the, the amount of scale that they put onto a Wii game is nuts. And just the fun of jumping off of high places and seeing how long it takes to fall, things like that. It's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, it's well put, Blood. Like, Huber, this game, like, trying, like, we had a bunch of patron questions about this, but I mean, uh, I want to keep this a little bit shorter now since we still got to talk about uh, one other thing coming up. Um, but, like, Huber, don't let it scare you, the, like, the premise of, like, it's going to, not everything in this game system wise is revealed to, like, several hours in, like, maybe, like, 10 hours. The argument I would like to make to you is that what Blood said is absolutely true. That, like, story is going to keep you gripped. But what is available at each time is also very good. When something else is added on, it feels good. It feels like you're ready for it. And, and I would argue that like dumping the stuff any sooner would have overwhelmed the player. Uh, I, I think it, it, like it is paced in such a way that like it's a shock statement. You don't get to see everything till 10 hours in. Oh, I'm out of here. But it's like re reworking that sense is like the game does like – wonderfully introduces new elements over the course of 10 hours and each step of the process is so like engrossing and captivating that it doesn't feel like you you know it takes that long to get there and that you're deprived of anything before you get to that moment but like nice. yeah the sense of exploration and freedom you have like Huber, just like seeing something can i jump off this can i, can I fall all the way down here what's going to happen <laughs> just seeing what can happen in that initial area is like part of the pure joy you get from this and Sounds like Breath of the Wild, dude. Yeah, like, it's a little bit. Like, not, not to the extreme, but like it, it was that same kind of sense of wonder you got. And this game, like the new each environment, like a lot of the new environments just keep impressing. Um, yeah, dude. It's just like I'm just it's, remembering it's some places when you get to like the second half of the game, yeah. some of those areas like what like it just it's so different than what you've seen already. Yeah. Like the music, having both day and night versions of the themes. One of the mm -hmm. one of the earlier games to do something that there's two versions of music in uh, each area. Wasn't the first to do it, but like it just did it to such an extent and did them so well that stands out for me. Good music um, yeah. throughout. Oh, absolutely. Ooh, yes. Like Very legendary good. Bloodworth, top tier. <laughs> I I mean I would argue yeah. it is. It's up. It, it's cool. pretty good, but you know some people gotta have the best music if i'm committing to a hundred hour game man yeah absolutely. God, it's gotta you be get some epic. of the some of the best keeper <laughs> uh one uh, there's one thing i hope they do because they, they did it in two um if we're talking about like new features and stuff like that i would definitely love to see uh being able to tone down the battle cry frequency sure i know it's a meme it led to some good memes in two as well but <laughs> uh after a few hours it's just like a I don't need to hear rhyme time. It's rhyme time. It's yeah. a, mm, okay, Ryan. It's oh, it's over. Like, it's it not something I like, but it's something I grew accustomed to because it's sort of, in a weird way, helped to manage the amount of stuff happening with your party members attacking. And so it's like, if you heard a certain call out, you knew they were doing a certain move and then you could combo off of that. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping there's like maybe new visual indicators or something because we saw a hint of that in the some of the battle footage. But Huber, the last thing I want to make a point about why I think this game does itself a lot of favors in terms of like like trying out things. It wants you to fail. It wants you to jump off. It wants you to like 
we didn't cover this in, in this part of the, like we originally talked about this before in the last recording and I want to bring it up again because I think it was Blood's point. Maybe, maybe it was Ben, but you're running around these early level zones. There'll be massive giant beasts that are like 90 levels higher than you. So like there's this like, it's not always safe to just explore and stuff like that. But like Love you're going gonna to get chased down and die to a bunch of things in this game. The best thing this game does to encourage you to keep up, keep up with that, keep trying, keep exploring is that the penalty for death is like you just go to a nearby like checkpoint. Like it has very generous checkpoints. It doesn't fall into that trope of JRPGs where I forgot to save 30 minutes ago. Go back. And once you earn way marks, you can backtrack and teleport to that spot at any point. So you gotta make the effort, you gotta do the effort to unlock it. But then like they're very generous with where you can like quick warp to and stuff like that. So, so it makes generous. it so painless. Like you can, like we didn't really talk about like the density of like side quests can get a little over overwhelming, especially when one of them involved like NPC, it's Major Huber. This has Majora's Mass stuff in it. NPCs move around in real time in like their areas and stuff. And so they're only available at certain hours of days. You have complete control of time in this game. You can set the clock to whatever time. So once you figure out when they're going to show up somewhere to like deliver a quest item or something, you can just do that instantly. And it like just like quickly loads the, 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 reloads the area at the new time. So they tried to streamline as much to take the burden off of that. It's not flawless, but I think it did itself a lot of favors initially. Yeah, I am curious what they've done in terms of the side quest streamlining because that is my biggest gripe is that some of those side quests, like you'd want to do them because you'd want to raise those relationship bonds uh, because they would lead to, Hubert, that will lead to like extra conversations, these side conversations. Bonds. Yep, yeah. waiting for you to say it, Hubert. It's like... <laughs> and so you want to do them, but sometimes some of them just wouldn't be that interesting or there would be like a huge grind to where it's like, you'd have to go out to a certain area and you'd have to like pick up these random drops and you'd have to just like hope to get this specific item like five times. And all you would see would just be like this little glowing orb, right? And so like, you'd pick it up. Oh, that's not it. Pick it up. That's not it. And you just have to keep like essentially walking around the yeah. same zone, you know, five or six times until you got enough of the orbs for the quest. And there are even some zones that like you can't go back to later so you have to do that quest before a certain point in the game um so i just hope that some of that stuff gets to be a little bit less tedious for sure i mean yeah Damiani, like, do you like shulk i like shulk okay he always seemed like a i like him i like shulk more than rex i was I yeah, the biggest fan of rex sure. the Xenoblade chronicles 2 cast it's like nia and uh uh what's his face i'm forgetting already he, like I, I want a good story, but for a hundred hour game, like the most important thing by far up here, everything else is down so, here is characters. So okay, just so, straight up. Okay, so Huber. The best thing this game does, like I, I do think the characters will grow on you. Um I, I I I but the best thing this game does is everyone's caught in this like mystery. Like, what the heck is this world? that's like what is this like the first cool half premise. of the game is like you're exploring your part of the world like you're so, you're on two these these living robot things these giant creatures yeah, yeah, things yeah, yeah. i don't think they're robots there's living creatures and you're exploring your side by honest um but you're wondering what like all the enemies all the mechs always come from this other one called mechanis and you and you're like you're like you expect you're gonna go there and you just want to know what the heck's going over there and stuff. And like, you're building That's up to that. Premise. And you get like, like you get That's some hints about how the world works. It's like, how does this world work? What's mm -hmm. going on here? What's going on over there? And like, 
they slowly pull back, you know, the curtains on this of course. At, at good intervals. We've both already talked about it. And I think those things are like captivating. It's like, oh, we just learned this about the world. Okay. Yeah. And well, I got, that's I got part of the scale cool, too, because cool. it's like the bridge between them, Hubert, is literally like the swords that are lodged into each one. Um, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. It's like, so, like intro, that's how you yeah. have to cross over. Um, and it's also, there's, there's just all these cool viewpoints where you get these vistas where you can like, you look out and you see the McConnus and you like see like the glowing light in its eyes or whatever. And it's like really creepy, but it's like, you know that like over there, there's just as much terrain and stuff to do, you know? Uh, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool. The, the whole, the way the world is presented is really cool. And it, especially because even just like those moments to get a perspective of like, okay, I'm on the arm and now I can see the leg or what, you know, whatever, like, you know, or being on top of the head and looking around and like, okay, I kind of get a sense of like where I actually am on this thing. Yeah, Hubert, like, I know you have a thing about like, you will always finish a game when you start it pretty much. And, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, so, Hubert, yeah, Hubert, I know you have a thing about like always when you start a game, you want to finish it. But I think after like 20 hours of this game, even if you don't, if you decide not to finish this game, I still feel very confident you're going to walk away with a, 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 at least a good opinion of this game. You might What's have. What's the date? When is it? March. Uh, no. Wish. <laughs> May 29th. Sorry. 2020. Uh, coming to Switch. Nice. And uh, also includes future connected standalone, which you can just jump into right away. Yeah, that's like. the best part for me because I didn't, I did not want to play through the whole thing again, as good as it is. Uh, but now I can like kind of do yeah. one save file, get a little bit of a look around, and then very cool blood. Go awesome. into the new chapter. It's very cool. Nice. So look forward. I know. To that. I don't want another Fire Emblem Three Houses situation. I want to play hey, this thing. It's going to be easily available for a while, Hubert. You don't have to <laughs> rush and play it right away. I'm saying at some point they just made. I feel like if I don't do it immediately, I'm not going to do it. Uh, Launch. We'll keep on you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like Last this of Us is the same day, but yeah. you might have to finish Last of Us. Maybe first. later, Uber. But like this, this whole situation just makes it way easier than having to go back and play a ten-year-old Wii game. Definitely mm -hmm. remaster. Type. Sure. Uh, I want to move on, and we're gonna talk about some speculative stuff, some rumors, some rumors about the Mario Brothers series. So, there have been some rumors this week about a Super Mario 35th anniversary going Yay. down later this Yay. year. And uh, let, me just, let me just recap the reporting. I just want to make sure we give credit to the sources who broke these stories. Uh, and you get the timeline of this so you can see how much, how many people are doubling down on this situation. So, started wow. off a report from UK-based website Video Games Chronicle Instead, uh, they were told by multiple sources that Nintendo plans to hold an event to coincide with the 35th anniversary of the Super Mario Brothers series. And at this event, Nintendo would reveal their, sorry, their plans to re-release most of the classic Super Mario Brothers games as remasters for Switch. Now, later on, Eurogamer stepped in and clarified. They heard the same thing, but they clarified the games. Uh, Eurogamer then reported that they were told specifically that's Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy would be getting in, uh, remasters. They also added on that they were told by numerous sources that a new installment of Paper Mario 
would be coming out this year, as would a deluxe version of Super Mario 3D World. With new stages, right, on that 3D world thing? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to speculation about Dude, what would be added in a sec, but maybe <laughs> Uber. Uh, they, uh, it was then also reported that these new projects were set to be revealed. Uh, th- these are being included in a event. The event was going to also reveal new details of Nintendo's partnership with Universal. The thing that includes the theme park, Super, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Super Nintendo World theme park, and uh, the Super Mario movie uh, that's still in the works. Um, they said originally that, sorry, Video Games Chronicles said originally that the Mario Fan 35th anniversary was going to take place at E3 in June. Uh, but that has since been canceled uh, due to the global health crisis. Uh, and now they speculate that it's going to be a digital event uh, a little bit later. So, but the Eurogamer approached Nintendo for comment. Nintendo says it doesn't comment on speculation and rumors. And that's where it seemed to end until later on, uh, website Gamatsu confirmed they also heard all this. They said they specifically heard Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy would receive remasters for Switch. So they heard that part of it. After that, VentureBeat jumped in and said that they had heard from their sources Nintendo is pursuing something like a Super Mario All-Stars 2 for 3D Mario games. This will include Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and then Galaxy and Galaxy 2. And it is likely that 3D World will get its own separate deluxe style release. While it's possible the older 3D Mario games could come in a single compilation, uh, we're being told it's more likely Nintendo will release them individually as it did with the Zelda remasters. So they got their own sources to tell them this. And then at the end of all this, Huber, uh, Jason Schreier of Kotaku retweeted the original VG, VGC report and just said, added on, cannot wait to replace Super Mario Galaxy on my Switch. <laughs> So we got all those reports confirmed. there. That's Schreier, a lot of smoke. Confirmed. A lot of smoke. So a lot of smoke. Too are, much smoke. There's too much smoke for there to not be a fire. Yeah. So but I want to say this real quick. We've had a bunch of sources come, a bunch of outlets come forward before saying they all heard the same thing about a report, a rumor. That rumor was Star Fox Grand Prix. That never came to, that has still not come to fruition. However, that was a crazy, insane crossover rumor thing that sounded too good to be true. This seems way more plausible and more likely. In fact, someone could have made this up and like they could probably could have been like, this is a safe thing you can make up and you'd be right mm-hmm. uh, about in general. So on a personal level, I feel way more confident about this. Uh, but I just want to remind everyone, it's not confirmed this is happening. This is still just reports uh, about rumors. So we still need to wait. But I got some questions for the two of you, some fun questions here. First one's from Straw Hat Ninja. Uh, also, Dancing Elk and Fangs asked the, pretty much the same question here. Greetings, allies. Assuming these are true, what are you hoping to get out of these remasters? Like, what do you want to see out of them? The remasters. So we're talking about the Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy remasters. So we're starting there. Achievements. <laughs> I oh, love wow. it. You forget. <laughs> this is one of the, in the last recording, I said, man, achievements for these games would be really awesome. Uh, I, I'm with you, Huber. I absolutely think it would be amazing if they put into like, game-wide achievements. I mean, they're not doing system-wide, but game yeah. achievements would be perfect for this. Here's a, here's a crazy thought. Hmm. Wasn't the Super Mario 64 DS version multiplayer? Yeah. Am I yes. misremembering and that? Multiple player characters and multiplayer, yeah. 
that would be pretty fun to play multiplayer in Super Mario 64. I think it is extremely likely um, if they're if they're indeed adding stuff, they're going to add new mm-hmm. things. Not only did the D uh, sorry the DS version add that stuff, the original Super Mario 64 was meant to have playable oh, wow. Mario and Luigi and playable co-op. In fact, oh. the co-op thing was supposed to come out in the sequel. They were talking about Super Mario 64 2 mm. that never materialized either. So mm. it would be really cool to see either adding extra playable characters yeah, or some it. kind of like co-op mode would be I've awesome. Got it. And, and then you can take it away, Blood. I've got one thing. Um, it's Super Mario, a legacy that is nearly unmatched in the entire industry. I would love, love, love if whether this is bundled like an All-Stars 2, that would be the best case scenario, but I would like for there to be the original versions of the game with supplementary material. Give me behind the scenes. Yeah. Huber, give me my concept mind, art. Huber, like, you're a mind me... reader. <laughs> <laughs> we like this literally also came up too. I was like, nice. it was behind the scene thing about making yeah. the game and like- Con- uh, Like concept art. Including like, the original games as well, dude. Yeah. Well, with the a lot of ask stuff for Mario Galaxy, I think there's even a lot of they had a lot of little clips of things from development, you know, that it wasn't even in the final game, you know, just like prototypes and things like that. Uh, I don't know specifically if Galaxy or Galaxy Two had them, but I, I want to say that I think there were some that that did. Uh, so stuff like that would definitely be cool. And then yeah, I just remember when they included a bit of those like like the original like graph paper and stuff uh, when Mario Maker came out, you know, for Super Mario Brothers, you know, th- those kinds of things. Yeah, I So love it'd be really neat to, to see some of those, those things, see what's available. Uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of that that they, they don't have video for, um, particularly as they, you know, kept a lot of that stuff under wraps. But it, it's always cool when you get to see some of that stuff for the first time. So Huber, um, my gut feeling that I originally pitched for what I think is going to happen with these, I think Galaxy and Galaxy 2 are just going to get like a Twilight Princess HD treatment, which is like touched up a little bit, like up, like up res, high resolution, uh, because Galaxy and Galaxy 2 already exist on uh, Nvidia Shield in China, uh, running in 720p. So they they do have like the game is already in HD and uh i I just think it's something they're just gonna it's not that as hard of a challenge for them to bring those games up to date i think sunshine was more likely to get something like the wind wicker hd treatment a little bit more Mm -hmm. love and care put into it to to finesse it a bit i don't know what they're doing with 64 huber and i'm this is the one i'm the most terrified about i'm really scared about them touching super mario 64 when like even something like the camera controls get a lot of complaints I'm so used to them. I'd be terrified of dual analog, like right analog stick doing it. And like, it's like smooth, subtle movement. Maybe I'll love it, but I'm terrified. I'm really scared about that. Yeah. Uh, Just give me an unaltered version. Like the, cause it was ported to the Wii U eShop, right? mm -hmm. And it kind of does a little, little texturing stuff there. They just this looks, this looks clean pretty much, but it's on Wii and Wii U for the, for the eShop. So just as long as they keep, an unaltered version i mean you're dealing with one of the greats i guess yeah like I, an I absolute mean, classic you're, you're right huber like the original is still gonna exist and yeah. I, I i'd be a bit of a hypocrite when, especially when i talk about final Fantasy VII remake because i've championed that game trying to be so different from the original because we already have the original it's like yeah to go all out so i guess 
eh, I mean, I'll be lying if I said it does not scare me. But at the same time, I do think the correct thing is to be as ambitious as possible with that. Um, one idea for this, for 64 specifically, but I think it can be applied to all the other 3D Mario games, uh, we got from a patron from Space Dom. Uh, they have a suggestion for an improvement you can make if we're going to go through these remasters. So they write, hi, allies. I'm thrilled at the idea of bringing past 3D Marios to the Switch. But if I can make one request to whoever is tasked with making them, it would be this. Don't kick me back to the hub world every time <laughs> I get a star. I understand the level layouts can change drastically depending on the objective. But after the smooth and streamlined feel of Odyssey... There should be something done to make these past games feel less sporadic. I would suggest giving me the option to roll straight into the next objective of a level, unless, you know, there's a special sick circumstance like tick clock, like where you enter on the clock affects the speed, something like that. Um, but yeah, they're just like, that's one idea they gave, you know, for a quality of life improvement. Just, you know, ape Banjo-Kazooie, just don't kick you out. It actually would be kind of cool if they, they found a way uh to make those level changes make sense you know um like if if you know just like something happened in the world and like things fell down and like and you just kind of saw it happen and then they showed you like oh, okay there's a star over here now um yeah I, it would take a lot of work a lot of conceptualizing to make that happen but it, it could be cool for example uh i lots of examples but one that comes to mind immediately uh shifting sandland the pyramid level uh if you stand on the four pillars uh, around the pyramid, it causes the top to spin and explode and you can go down the middle, which leads you to a little like basket elevator that goes down. Uh, and you can access that through other ways, but the point I'm trying to make is when you go all the way down and go down a chute, you land in a boss arena with that, the, the hand boss down there and you got to defeat him. When you beat him, there, there's no way back up in the current version of the game. You get the star, it kicks you out. So like that, they can make like a, like a teleport or a new path, like a new stairs reveals itself that takes you mm -hmm. back up to the higher, like the, the, previous, the anti or previous chamber. It's not the anti-chamber. Um, yeah, uh, I think there's a way to do it, Blood, absolutely. And I'd really like to see it. But as you said, it will take some work, but I'm, uh, that actually gets me excited a little bit about, yeah. hmm, I don't you have know, to leave uh, the level, do everything at once. That's kind of nice. You know, they added a um, new campaign to the original doom not oh, too right. long ago a new world yeah a whole new world in super mario 64 in the year 2020 oh, that seems homer, magical homer oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the noise i'm yeah uh i would love that like a, even if it's hubert even if it's not like uh like one stage like a like, challenge like a like champions a champion's road, road type yeah. thing oh, in 64 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah i love i like this i really yes. like this but, uh, I mean, it would be cool. I don't know if they have anything that was left on the cutting room floor, but it would be cool if there were levels that were like partly done. Levels. And, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're talking about 64 as well. Is there anything you could think of for uh, Sunshine or Galaxy that you would want to see maybe change or anything like that? Okay, Sunshine, I've got two things. Number one is a that camera's got to be fixed. Like, it was one thing that, like, I, I remember when people were complaining about it when it came out and feeling like, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. You just have to learn how to control the analog stick while you're moving. But then when we replayed it at Easy Lemon, it's like, oh no, the camera gets really bad in tight corners. It just doesn't work right. Uh, the But the other thing uh, is, 
you know how you could like see uh air, the whole island like you could see different areas in the background uh yeah it'd be yeah, really yeah, was, cool yeah. for that transition to be more seamless yeah. you know so it's not just like a jpeg sitting on the back of the you know the screen <laughs> you know it's mm. like it, it's actually out there and then it smoothly adjusts like if you take a cannon or something over there like you actually see that other area or say you get that uh the attachment to flood that lets you like skirt on the waves if you mm -hmm. could actually go around to some of these other areas once they're unlocked maybe they could have ink or something that blocks you until then but it would be really neat to just to be able to like zip around that whole island yeah, and uh, as far as Galaxy goes, Galaxy 1 and 2 are perfect, so no changes needed. Yeah, please make that HD and <laughs> well, figure out what to do with the pointer control. Yeah, that's to say, the motion control stuff would just have to be figured out, pointer controls. Yeah, but, I mean, but if it's on shield, then they figured it out. Yeah, like so. you just, yeah, it, as I said, like it's not that hard. Um, I was just running through the cutting room floors thing of Mario 64 stuff. There's like some unused animation stuff. There doesn't seem to be an unused level, just unused assets and stuff. So, I mean, maybe one of these things being like a new, like an unused animation making its way, like a new move for Mario or something would be cool. But I, I do hope like it would be really fun uh, to wrap up like what we want to see added. Uh, if they do add like the Luigi playable stuff, like it is, it'd be cool if it was tied to getting all the coins, like the rumor. The right of Yoshi. <laughs> Actually taking Yoshi through. I mean, <laughs> it, it would be nice. But anyway, uh, I got another question about the pricing of all this from Cathal Fallon. Uh, Calvin Delaney also asked about the pricing. What do you expect the price for these re-releases ports to be? $30, oh, $40, $60 for a set? Or would we be so lucky as to get some of Nintendo online add-ons since they haven't released anything in a while? Uh, no, Twilight no, Princess no. HD was forty nine ninety nine. Uh, the Wind Waker HD was full price sixty bucks, fifty nine ninety nine. Just for comparison's sake. Yeah, I would kind of expect something along the same lines for. I could see sixty four being like forty bucks. Yeah, yeah, thirty or forty for sixty four on the others. Like um, 50, 60 50, for the 60. others. Yep. Uh, yep. Unless they actually do a bundle, and if they do a bundle, I don't see them going over sixty, but. What do you think about the release of these? Do you think they're going to be in a bundle? Do you think they're going to stagger these individually? What do you think is more likely? Uh, Reagan Raiden specifically asked about this, like their release order. Whoever said uh, All-Stars 2. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm all about. I, that's the dream. I don't know if they would do that. There was too much money on the table by releasing these individually. Way that's too a, much. Yeah. I mean, but you could like imagine like an All-Stars 2, like we in the previous version of this, we lost uh, the mention of like Rare Replay. Like how they yeah. do like the interface with that, you know, switching between games. Like they could go really nice with that packaging and interface and, you know, extra tidbits and stuff like that. But uh, one thing that I, yeah. I'll recommend yeah. too, by the way, um, it came out like almost a year after Rare Replay did, but I actually recently read uh, on Rare's website, they have this really long developer blog. Uh, oh yeah they do yeah yeah. it's super fascinating to read that stuff and talk about how you know they found partners for the n64 emulation and like all of the different decisions that they made along the way you know like okay let's use the xbox 360 versions of the games that we've already done that for but then you know having their own n64 emulator um all the process and choices that went into uh what games they selected for that collection it's it's, it's really 
really cool thing to read through, even though it will it will take you some time, but uh, maybe you have a little extra time right now anyways. Yeah, for sure. Um, Huber, this wasn't asked in a question. Uh, we have one last patron question before we get to it. I need to ask you about this. We haven't talked about this rumored Super Mario 3D World Deluxe. You said, <laughs> earlier you said extra stages. I need to know. Yeah. What do you expect and what do you want out of a like an enhanced Wii U port of this game? Dude, let me play as Cat Bowser. <laughs> Cat Bowser, all right. I, I, like post game, like you beat it, you get yeah. the pocket. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that would work, but that would be awesome. What do you think about being able to play online multiplayer? I would love online. Uh, you know, this would be a fun way to throw in and celebrate the cast of characters throw in extra characters mm. to this one throw in your daisies and your waluigi's and stuff like really have fun with 3d world and and just bring the whole cast along love that my uh pie in the sky thing but maybe still pie in the sky uh they had the super Mar either power-ups from super Ma mario 3d land like the Tanuki ability. Like, so I, yeah, I had like some of that stuff in there. Or just oh, add all the levels from that game in there. Just put them in and like when you beat the game, you unlock like, yeah, I know what you do. Like, I don't want to spoil <laughs> stuff, but like, let's say like true end game, like you think you've 100% the game. Now you unlock the 3D land levels and they're nice. fully redone in like 3D world style. I would <laughs> love that. I don't know too. about that last part because 3D world is very specifically made to accommodate multiplayer. So I don't know if the, those maybe some that levels. Way, I don't but, know yeah. if it would be all of them, but like mm -hmm. some of what I just said, if they can make any part of that happen, would be kind of cool to me. Yeah. Um, or just when you part. buy 3D World, you get the 3D Land remaster bundled with it, or something. Yeah. If you if you go or that just way, putting you... it on Switch. Yeah, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. I will yeah. absolutely just. So take it's that. like the 3D World bundle or something. For sure. Because then, too, then it kind of looks good. It looks like good optics, maybe, if they do start selling these individually, because then at least with that one, you're like, oh, well, I'm getting two games here. Yeah, like, I like Selling it. them individually is pretty rough, but I do understand, because, like... Nintendo likes to protect know, its Nintendo, value and brand. They, they like doing this type of stuff. Yeah. But they have like done $60 they have done for all before. of those. Like, yeah. one bundle for 60 and all of them seems impossible. Yeah. Our last question comes from Michelle Jackson. And this is about uh, the Paper Mario part of the rumor. Mm. So Michelle says, I know everyone wants a th uh, Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door style sequel. But personally, I'm hoping for something more in the vein of Super Paper Mario. I absolutely adore Super Paper Mario and think the concept has a lot of untapped potential. What say you? So basically, they'll expand it. What do you want to see in a Paper Mario sequel? And I'll preface this real quick by apologizing. Ben had a, ben had a really good answer for this. I have yeah. a lot to say about this. And I'm we know sorry, how big of a fan Alice. Ben is. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, Ben just really wanted to see a Thousand Year Door style game. Didn't have to literally be a sequel, just a game that harkened back to that style, like that yeah, writing. Yeah, because the color vibe. Yeah. Like they kind of like veered off course in the last few entries. And I think you would just want to see something get back on track with where the series was much stronger in a, a stronger yeah. place. Yeah. Back to its roots. But yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm in agreement. Something in that style, even like OG Paper Mario is fine with me. 
my my dream i i am always sad that we lost super mario rpg um and that nintendo was very clever and creative in working with intelligence systems to create an alternative with the paper mario series i wish there was some way square Enix would give their blessing and allow nintendo to reappropriate super mario rpg but they can't like like redo it but in paper mario style to bring it into like the series and like kind of like you know the you know bringing in the last element that like is like oddball it's a great game to me to me it's a personal great but it's not usually regarded in the same series as paper mario just like there's the the handheld mario games are not always regarded as the same as like the paper mario well mario and luigi's mario and luigi's again like yeah the same kind of thing but its own separate storyline and universe i just love super mario she's so much and i do think it would be fantastic as a paper mario style game as well like translate like yeah. to update that game for modern audience i think it would work but do a new paper mario test the waters bring the ba- brand back back to its yes. rpg roots and then the next one tap into some of that yeah square enix vibes <laughs> they just yeah Huber, they just need to get back on track like they yeah. just need to get mm-hmm. back to what made thousand year door so great what made the original and- so great and the working relationship has got to be on point because of Super Smash Brothers and Cloud and the way that all worked out perfectly. I think um, I think Nintendo just needs to like have a like just prioritize the project so that like it's the main focus of it. They just needs a, it needs a window because Intelligence Systems is very busy. They weren't even like right. 100% on Fire Emblem Three Houses. They had to bring an extra help for that game as well. So having a fully ground up developed Intelligence Systems with like everyone all hands on deck. And also being told, let's let's make it more in the style of the older ones, like Paper on a Thousand Year Door. And let's strive for that. Let's strive for something that people will see as like, remember when like Reggie introduced Odyssey? He's like, we've been waiting for a proper sequel to Super Mario 64. Like, introduce this new Paper Mario. I was like, you've been waiting for like a proper follow-up mm-hmm. to Thousand Year Door. Like, that's what I need to hear. I need to hear those words, basically. And I'll feel <laughs> really good about it. But not to discredit, uh, you know, other opinions and stuff like that. I do think there is untapped potential in the Super Paper Mario style. The toggling between perspectives. I just don't know if they... The, the whole dual thing has been done a lot. And I don't know if it could carry a whole RPG like that. It, I remember it not... I, it wasn't really an RPG. That's, that was yeah, it was an RPG it was, thing. It was, it was like a platformer action. action. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, you can have those elements in like specific Like a world. Or, like a world yeah, could be themed worlds. around it. Yeah. Sorry to yeah. take off there, Huber, but yeah, yeah. Oh, you're good. But, yeah. I, I mean, it could be any uh, style, honestly, as long as it gives me the feels of, like, Thousand Year Door. And we're good. Yes. For sure. Well, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Friend Code. First of all, thank you to everyone who submitted questions for consideration. I'm sorry that we skipped over some of the Xenoblade ones. Um, and I'm sorry I'm here and it's not Ben because I have <laughs> Xenoblade. Dude, it was like, I was like, when I was doing the original, I was like, man, I need, like, I want Huber here for the Mario stuff. I was like, I, I can't have, I'm not doing four people. So I was like, you know what? It's a trade-off. Like, sometimes, I, you know, I get someone, like, it's the availability, man. And, like, it works out. But we'll, yeah. we'll get Ben back on. We'll, yeah. we'll have Ben on for a great conversation and stuff about Xenoblade at some point in the future. Maybe when Huber finished playing it, we'll all sit together and all, <laughs> all four right. of us will talk about it. 
It'll Plant Unknown great. to beat it said completionist 160 hours. Okay, don't, don't stop scaring completionist, yourself. Completionist. Look, look yeah, away, come I mean, out here, Burr. That's goes completionist. It a little beyond what you need, yeah. Yeah, that's, no, no, no. I think uh, Bing Plus Extra was like 120 or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but thank you for everyone to submit your questions. I was basically trying to apologize for not, uh, we originally answered some Xenoblade ones and we didn't this time. Um, for those of you who want to submit questions for consideration for future episodes of Friend Code, uh, you need to be a $5 and up patron. I will make a post on our Patreon page the week we are recording, calling for those submissions. If you're also a $5 patron, that means you're part of the $5 early access tier, which lets you get episodes of this podcast and other shows and podcasts early. Uh, early episodes of this usually go up on Wednesdays, so if you're watching this early, thank you for your Patreon support. For those of you who watch it publicly on YouTube when it comes to later, thank you for just watching the show and supporting it in that way as well. It's always, you know, very, well, however you support the show, I'm very happy with it. I'll take either one you can get. It's always warming to see people leave good comments and positivity about the show. Um, we also have some shout outs for the month of April and shout outs to, to Blue, Caleb Crawford, L. Thanis, Greg of the Dark Knight Kettering, and Jesse Blue. Shout, Shout out. out. Oh, shoot. Was he muted? I was. One more time. We got to do the ready. So thanks to our, all our, uh, and Jesse Blue. Shout, Shout out. out. Shout out. <laughs> Thank you, though, for supporting uh, Easy Allies like that. Thank you both for uh, hanging with me to talk about Nintendo stuff, especially you, Bloodworth, for doing this a second time uh, and making it not think feel like we had already talked <laughs> about the stuff. Uh, very good job with that. And thank you, Huber, for bringing the passion for Mario. Anytime, um, anytime. Good, good, good stuff. And uh, until next time, everybody, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. <laughs>